Welcome to the Penis Project Podcast, connecting men through science, stories, solutions, but most of all, through support. This podcast was founded by myself and Dr. Joe Milios, a physiotherapist. To find out more about us, check out our website, thepenisproject.org. I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett, sexologist and nurse practitioner specialising in men's intimate health. Join me as I break down the barriers surrounding men's health and have candid conversations about everything you've always wanted to know but were too embarrassed to ask. This podcast is dedicated to stories from men who have bravely recognised the importance of sharing their experiences, breaking down stigmas and having no filter chats about sexual health, cancer treatment and recovery, relationships and everything else in between. If you know someone who you think would benefit from this information, please share so we can help more people. We would also love it if you'd follow the podcast and give us a review. Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today we're going to talk about balding. Yep, hair loss. So this is a subject that often comes up in consultations we have with men and we don't really know that much about. So today I've invited Mario Terry who's an expert in this field, to discuss this subject with Kendall and I. So welcome, Mario. Thank you. <laughs> nice to see you here. Hey, Kendall, how are Hello, you? Hello, yes, I'm good. That's good. So let's get started. I just thought I'd start with a fact, which I think Mario has new facts on. I was going to say that 60% of all men and 40% of all women will experience hair loss in their lifetime. But we were just chatting before and it sounds like those stats are a bit different. So up to 70% of men can experience baldness in, at some time of their life. And with women, it's about 10%. But after menopause, it goes up to 30%. Really? And so what does that cause from? Is that um, genes or hormones? or? Well, in men, 99% of all hair loss is due to um, genetic um, male pattern baldness. In women, it can be a variety of factors. It can be genetic um, causes. It could be medical causes or lifestyle factors. Okay. So with men then like is there like a family i've always heard this thing which is probably an urban myth that that baldness is from the mother's Mm. side is that right or is that nothing it's it's polygenetic so it can be either from the father or the mother's side okay so you can't just look at your dad and go hey he's bald i've got a panic i'm going to lose all my hair (laughs) well there's a high risk of getting (laughs) um, baldness if your father looks bald yes there's a very high risk yeah so have statistics or like baldness come up a lot more because if you look back in time, a lot more men had good head of hair, whereas now men don't. No, there's no, no? there hasn't been any changes. Okay. Not increasing in in um, frequency or anything like that. Oh, no. interesting. So okay. I wonder if that's just because people are living longer now, so there's more baldies around because they were dying before they got really bald. Mm. Is yeah, that? That's a good. Yeah, that's. Um, uh, an interesting point. As you get older, the incidence goes up. So, at thirty years of age, you got a thirty percent increase. You got a thirty percent chance of having baldness. At fifty years of age, it's fifty percent. At seventy, it's seventy percent. So, as you get older, the the risk of inc- the incidence of male pattern baldness is much higher. So, this is another urban myth that I'd like to wonder if it's always wondered if it's true. So, you know, guys who are bald always say they're bald because they've got higher testosterone levels. Mm. Now, I'm assuming that that's just them making themselves feel better, but what is there any truth in that? No, that's not true. Um, uh, the blood testosterone level is the same if you're a balding person or a non-balding person. Okay, so that's just something that some bald guy, you know, invented. Like if you've got a big nose, you have an extra long yes. penis <laughs> or something. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, the, the, the testosterone level is not a greater in, in balding men, no. Okay. Well, that's interesting. 
So what sort of age group do you guys predominantly see coming into your clinic? For? We see people of all ages, but mm-hmm. predominantly 18 to um, 40 years of age because that's the most um, precious time of their life. Um, they're they're um, Typically, they're not married. They're looking for a partner. They're worried about hair loss. Um, and usually when they get married, have a few kids, it's less important. Yeah, so they don't have to worry about keeping their abs tight anymore. Yes. They don't have to worry about their hair. They exactly. could just let it all go. Yes. <laughs> yes. they so happy. Fat yeah. happy. Fat happy and bald. It doesn't matter yeah. then because you got someone. <laughs> so are there different types of baldness then for different men? Uh, well, in men, it's, uh, 99% of men have male pattern baldness, which is genetic. 1% can be due to other causes. It can be due to like a dermatitis or some other medical factor, mm. but the vast majority are genetic. Mm. So when someone comes in for a consult with you, I'm assuming because you're doctors, you're going to be looking at their hair and going, this is a genetic cause or no, it might be that you've got, I don't know, a fungal infection or a dermatitis or something like Stress. that. So we will uh, ask them some questions, take a history, examine their scalp, and after we've examined their scalp, we can say this is male pattern baldness or it can be due to another condition like a dermatitis or a fungal infection, but they're very rare. And what about medication? Are there any medications people can be on that can cause them to have balding? Yes, there are some um, drugs that can make your hair fall out, and mainly um, um, cancer-treating um, drugs like methotrexate, those those type of things can make your hair fall out. Yeah. I actually recently heard about a guy who had chemotherapy, one of our clients, and he got a thing called a cooling cap and he wore this freezing cold cap on his head when he was in chemo and he reckons his hair didn't fall out because of that. Is that like a thing or is that a bit of a gimmicky thing? Um, Well, there's a lot of research showing that a cooling cap will stop uh, or, or reduce the hair loss. Ashley Martin actually bought a cooling cap machine it was about forty thousand dollars and we donated to the the mount hospital there's a professor i can't remember her name who deals with um, breast cancer and they were doing yes yes and they were doing clinical trials on it so yeah we we, um there is some research to say that cooling the scalp will reduce the um the shock or the telogen effect from from cancer treatment oh that's great if that happens it'll be really good that's really interesting. Yeah, because I've noticed that not all chemotherapy, you lose your hair anymore either. No. They seem to have... Well, the chemotherapy nowadays is much better uh, than previous um, previous treatments and there's less side effects. Mm. More patient-friendly. So what about women? Do you see a lot of women coming through the doors? Yes. Um, when I first started at Ashley Martin more than 25 years ago, it used to be about 5% of our patients. But now it's 12%, so it's rapidly going up. Um, and the reason for that is that we offer a laser treatment. They um, use a laser cap, mm-hmm. and um, it helps with hair loss. Uh, women don't like using um, lotions and potions on their scalp because they don't like washing their hair every day. Mm-hmm. So the laser treatment has helped a lot, and uh, people are getting good results, and uh, uh, it's quite convenient for women so the laser cap has made a big difference in treating women it's more more um user friendly um uh, virtually no side effects and uh, patients are happy and so how often do they have to have the treat the laser treatment they have it at home and they put the cap on for 20 to 30 minutes every second day and when they stop using the laser 
like if they is it something that you do for like a couple of months and then it no, or you do it forever lifelong yeah okay okay so or while you're watching tv just put on your hat yeah for for 20 30 minutes it's it's no real um, big big effort no and so what's the theory behind what how does the laser work well there's a um there's different um wavelengths with laser diodes some um, laser diode wavelengths are um, can cause hair loss, but there is a specific wavelength that causes hair regrowth. Mm-hmm. So the laser cap has a wavelength which is equates to that band that causes hair regrowth. Right. I'm just thinking about, you know, we spend all these young girls these days spend their whole time going into places to get all their pubic hair zipped yes. off and then they have to come into you to get yeah. it growing on their head. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. That's <laughs> quite funny. So is there any way that people can reduce the rate or the risk of losing hair? In men, no. Okay. But in women, um, the women, they, as I said before, there's three groups of causes, genetic, medical causes, or um, lifestyle. So with genetic causes, they can't really mm-hmm. do anything to prevent that. Medical causes... Uh, they need to treat that cause. So if it's um, the most common causes are iron deficiency, thyroid disease, polycystic ovarian syndrome, all those cause hair loss. So the doctor will do blood tests to exclude those. Uh, And if you have iron deficiency, just take some iron tablets and that will improve. Mm. In terms of lifestyle, um, 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 stress, uh, all those type of things can... um, cause your hair to fall out Mm. so it just reduces stress in your life and what about i read a paper today when i was swatting up to talk to you today that smoking stopping smoke like if you're a smoker it can make you lose more hair is that true no yeah it looked really dodgy the paper it didn't really (laughs) add up it had some very small numbers and it looked i thought that just looks like it's another reason to tell people to stop smoking yes probably (laughs) (laughs) okay so there's not really anything other than trying to reduce stress in your life that is a lifestyle choice that can change it. Uh, well, there are um, there are a, a variety of causes of hair loss in women. Um, so it, stress can cause hair loss. So if you reduce your stress, um, rapid weight loss can make um, you lose hair. So you can uh, avoid you know rapid weight loss. Just do it um, gradually. Um, you know, uh, the other thing that can cause hair loss is traction alopecia, which is where um, you do a lot of braiding or you have a very tight ponytail. Mm. So avoid that. Um, using a hair straightener can make y- you get hair loss too, can stress the hair out. So there's a variety of things that can cause hair loss uh, and they're what we, we call them lifestyle type okay. problems. So if you correct the lifestyle measure, would your hair regrow or yes. the loss of hair is damage in some cases like severe traction alopecia Mm. with braiding it can be permanent Mm. uh, but in most cases it will regrow okay so let's so let's talk about the average bloke he comes in and sees you guys and he's like i'm i'm worried about my hair i've you know my dad's bald my granddad's bald and I want to keep my hair, what's the, and you've done your assessment, what's the kind of, like, there's obviously different treatments. What's the first step that, that you would normally recommend? Topical? A topical treatment, yeah. And, and what are they? What do they consist of? We use um, minoxidil and finasteride topically, mm. and um, we also advise using a laser cap also. 
Okay. And um, that's because there's only three things that have been proven to help with hair loss, minoxidil, finasteride, and laser. So they're the only three gold standard treatments, and there's lots of research, lots of clinical papers that prove that they work. So apart from that, nothing else has been substantiated or proven to help with hair loss. So we offer those three things, minoxidil, finasteride, and laser. And are the minox- does everyone get minoxidil and finasteride topically, or do they Most. get one? Yeah, so there's like a combination we provide a variety of treatments. Mm-hmm. So if they're under 18 years of age, we don't use finasteride. We just use minoxidil. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on the patient and we will tailor it to that patient. Yeah. And both of those medications, when applied topically, do they interact with other medicine? Are they things that they need to... They There's not many interactions with finasteride and minoxidil. Um, so when we're doing a when we're looking at um, their questionnaire and their health history, we go through all that, but very few drugs interact. Mm-hmm. So when you apply, so I've, I know about oral finasteride, which I'd like to ask you about later, but when you apply topical um, minoxidil and finasteride, are there any like side effects that people should think about like down the track? Um, the most common side effect is scalp irritation mm-hmm. from minoxidil. It happens in about, Two to three percent of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the main side effect. And topical finasteride, is there many? Uh, well, the, the finasteride can be absorbed in, through the scalp, so it can lead to sexual side effects like reduced libido. Yeah. But that's less common than oral. Okay. Because, yeah, that's really interesting. And that was the conversation that I had with you, Mario, when I first met you, is that, um, and I'll get you to tell us the statistics on that, but because of what Kendall and I do for a job, I felt like I had a unusual, uh, sorry, an incorrect idea of how common those side effects are. Yeah. Because, you know, people come to see us with erectile dysfunction and then we'll say, they'll say, oh, I've, it's been happening since I've been on oral finasteride. But really that's not representative of the population. It's just who we see. So you were telling me the statistics. So the what are they? So um, with oral finasteride, there's a 2% risk of sexual side effects. And uh, with um, topical finasteride, based on our clinical experience, it's zero point four percent. Yeah, so that's so low, isn't it? When you yeah, think about what I we had see, heaps of young guys coming in with low libido, sexual dysfunction, and I try and tease it out of them what's going on, and then I'd run bloods, and their testosterone levels would be really weird, and I'd call them and say, "Is there anything else that's going on?" And they go, "Oh, well, I've been taking or using topical minoxidil," and I'm like. Oh, well, that's definitely it. So I just had this idea in my head that they were all on it. It was all going to cause this issue. Yeah, so did I. And then when I... The finasteride. Finasteride. Not minoxidil. Minoxidil doesn't cause any sexual side effects. It's only finasteride. No, they were mostly on minoxidil. Oh, really? Yeah, no, that won't cause it, no. Mm, How interesting. So my experience is of oral finasteride. I've seen Mm -hmm. a few guys. And, yeah, I was the same. I was kind of like, oh, don't do that if you're losing hair because... And then I read the statistics after I had a conversation with you one day and I was like, wow, you know, and I have to be really upfront about that that I'm we're only and when you think about it it's logic I need the, mm-hmm. we're only seeing the one percent because they're the only people who book in to see us we're not yes. seeing that all the other people the other 99 percent that are doing great well decreased libido has got multiple factors yeah, of um, course yeah most of them are psychological yeah. so um it's very hard to treat that yeah. yeah and I think also if you're losing your hair and you're anxious about that then the that anxiety in itself is going to affect the libido so 
but it's just the the lowering of your testosterone and the um, erectile dysfunction, as I say, those things are physical that you can see, but it's such a small mm. percentage that we don't need to be as concerned about it perhaps. But as, as soon as you yeah. stop the finasteride, the, the sexual side effects go away. Yeah. And how long does it take for that mm. to happen? Usually days or weeks. Yeah. Okay. And there's no, if someone was on finasteride from the age of 28, let's say up until 50, there's no long-term data on any effects that you are aware of, like no. any damage or no. anything like no. that? No. Yeah. Safe to use. Yeah. And so when these people, guys are on these medications, either oral or topical, and I mean, I've seen it, it definitely works. Mm. There's, if they stop taking them, then they lose their hair, don't they? It's a, it, go, it, it goes back to what they were before they started. So if somebody's been on minoxidil or finasteride for several years uh, and they stop using it, within a few months, they'll go back to what they were before they started. Yeah, so it just... They're not going to be any worse. They're just going to go back to what they were before. Yeah, mm. okay. So, yeah, they just need to know that they need to continue mm. with that. But you really, um, imagine once you get into the habit, it's just the same as brushing your teeth in the morning. Yeah. 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 But is it true when you first start treatment, you lose a lot of your hair and then it starts In to the first back? six to eight weeks, you can get what we call telogen loss. And that um, just means that the old hair is coming out and new hair is coming through. Mm. And uh, they don't need to be alarmed about that. So that's mm. something that can happen in about 20% of people that use topical minoxidil. But after three, four, three to four months, they get good results and they just keep on using it. I actually use minoxidil after breastfeeding because I lost a lot of hair. And um, I knew it would grow back because it does. And I think most people who have breastfed will have had the same experience, but I wanted to hurry it along. And... Um, it worked. Like you could see within a very short space of time lots of baby hair growing through where it was really thin. It, yeah. It's quite common for women to lose hair after having a child. Mm, I think cause but they get it back within six, 12 months. Yeah. It's mm. just the baby sucks the life out of you and all the nutrition. You can't grow your nails and your hair. <laughs> <laughs> so what about fertility? Like is that affected by finasteride? Uh Finasteride can very, very rarely cause a decrease in motility. Yeah. I think it's about a one in a million chance. Uh, so it's extremely rare. And if that does happen, though, once the finasteride is out of their system again... It goes back to what it was before. Yeah. Okay. So it really is, Kendall, I think that we've got this really... <laughs> we had this really skewed view and it was so opportunistic that I met you, really, because mm -hmm. I was like, I really want to know more about this now because I feel like I've gone along thinking for the last nine years this skewed view of like just go bald and be like Kelly Slater you know and just mm. it's just or Bruce Willis like there's so many famous people who are bald now yeah unfortunately if you lose your hair it makes you look older mm. so mm. nothing worse than looking older <laughs> well there is being dead is worse <laughs> <laughs> but you get somebody that comes in and um, they um, they've lost a lot of hair and you think they look like they're 40 or 50, but they're only like 25 or 30. Um, it it does, it's quite devastating. Mm. It's a bit like the whole grey trend at the moment for women. Like I know some women look amazing with grey hair, yeah. but with, no, whichever way you cut it, you still look older if you've got grey hair. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. I don't like grey hair. <laughs> <laughs> so what if you have um, a hair transplant? Do they put you on medication to grow the hair or is it just the hair transplant that's growing, regrowing the hair, if that makes sense? So when you have a hair transplant, you're transplanting hair from the back of your scalp to the front and that hair will grow. Um, but you, 
everybody that have a, has a hair transplant needs to have the medication, the minoxidil finasteride, because you want to prevent the rest of it falling out. There's no use having a thousand hairs transplanted into front of your scalp, and you've you're going to lose like twenty or thirty thousand hairs over the next ten twenty years. So you need to prevent further loss in the future. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, you can have the transplant, but you still need to use the medication because if you want to look good, you want the non-transplanted hair not to fall out. Yeah. Yeah. So what is a normal amount of hair loss? Well, the average person's got 120 to 140,000 hairs on their head, and if they're um advanced hair loss, they can lose up to 60 to 70,000 hairs. Wow. Permanently. And then Permanently, those yeah. hair follicles just shut shop and don't grow anymore. Yeah. Wow. And so if someone has a hair transplant then, do they also is it also advantageous for them to use a laser cap as well as using the minoxidil and the finasteride topically? Yes, yes. Yeah. And why would you choose to take oral then over the topical just because you don't like having the greasy stuff in your hair at night time? Um some men prefer to use tablets. Mm-hmm. They don't like using lotion. Some prefer using lotion and they don't want to use tablets. It's strange. Not everybody likes the same thing. But the advantage of topical treatment for finasteride is that there's less systemic absorption and less risk of side effects. Hmm. So there's a question. If, and the person who, I'm imagining one of my clients will listen to this and he'll know who he is. If you had that 1% reaction to oral finasteride and you wanted to use it topically, is the risk the same or is it a reduced risk then? Like, so if Reduced. You, okay. So it would be reasonable then to go, okay, the oral doesn't work for me, but I'm going to try the topical and, make, and see if I have the same response. So if somebody's on uh, the standard dose of finasteride, one milligram per day to prevent hair loss, um, there's two things you can do, or three things. One, you can reduce the dose of the oral um, of finasteride. So just take a quarter of a tablet. Mm-hmm. So you break the uh, one milligram tablet into quarters of the pill cutter and you just take 0.25 milligrams every day. Mm -hmm. And in most cases that fixes the problem. Mm -hmm. Or two, you switch to a topical finasteride. Or three, just stop it. Yeah. Completely. Because there is that whole issue as well that once, you know, your penis fails you and doesn't do what it's supposed to, then you also develop anxiety around it. So there's also, you end up with the psychological side of it as well. Yeah, but once we tell them that... um, the side effects are not permanent, and as soon as you stop using the finasteride, the side effects go away pretty yep. quickly. So they don't get too anxious about it, and we've reassured them that it's not permanent and it'll go away. So it goes away within days or, or, or weeks. It's fine. And if you were an older guy, so you're you know fifty and your erections are going downhill anyway, and you wanted to take oral finasteride for your hair. Um, growth, you could just add in a medication like tadalafil or sildenafil, couldn't you? Because if that's the only side effect, you could just counteract that. You could do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like if you're not having decreased libido or any of the other symptoms and it's just that, you could just counteract that. With, mm. You could do, but um, if you're taking the oral finaster, I would just cut it into quarters mm-hmm. and take quarter error a day or go to topical. Um, and if it's still a problem, you could try that. Um and yeah. is the efficacy with oral and topical the same? Like, same, yeah. Oh, really? The clinical results are the same. We've treated thousands of patients and it's the same. Great. Oh, so you'd be crazy not to just 
try the, the topical first then, really. You'd be surprised. Some people just like tablets. Some people like liquids. Really? Most prefer, people just prefer to have it all in one just as a liquid. Yeah. But there are, I would say, 20 to 30% of men that just want to ta- take a tablet. They yeah. prefer it. Yeah. So there is there any benefit to starting intervention early for hair loss? Yes. Or, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So as soon as you've started getting male pattern baldness, um, the quicker you start on it, the less um, hair loss you're going to have because if you leave it too long, um, that hair can't come back. Mm-hmm. So, say you um, say you're an 18 year old and you're you've got um, crown loss in the back and you're receding in the front. You get onto it straight away, and in 98 percent of cases, you don't progress to the other stages. But if you were to come when you're 50 and you're totally bald, we really can't do anything apart apart from doing a hair transplant or a, or um, a, a wig. So is there any time that you've had a patient that's come in and the medication just hasn't worked? I would say in, yes, in 1% to 2% of cases, yeah. Okay, that's pretty low. Yeah, it is low. And hair transplants then, so Ashley and Martin, do you do them? No, we used to do them 20 years ago, but we don't really need to do them now because the medication is so successful. Mm -hmm. So um, transplants are less and less um, commonly um, performed. Yeah, and I have seen, like, when you look at them online, they don't look like they used to. They used to have those horrible plug things and they were really obvious. It does look like they're much more effective now. So in the old days, they used to uh, do plugs Mm -hmm. and each plug would have, like, five or ten hairs in them, but now it's just one single hair. So the hairs are taken out one by one from the back of your scalp and put in one by one in the front. Is it quite painful? It sounds it. Yes, but you have a local anaesthetic. Oh, so they don't even do it under general. It's just no, no. It's under local. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. God. Okay, and then P.S. Well, first of all, like there is a bit of a chat that you see online that if you take these hair growth products, they can increase your chance of prostate cancer, um, and it changes your P.S.A., which I know is true. But I'd really like to hear that about that from you because you're the expert. So if you're taking oral finasteride, it will reduce your um, PSA, prostatic-specific antigen blood test, by 40 to 50%. So we tell all our patients that when they see their GPs to tell them that and they're given a piece of paper with all the all the instructions. So when they have a PSA level, the GP just doubles the score. So, um, yeah, it can reduce it by 40 to 50%. Yeah, so if anyone out there is on hair loss treatment, just make sure when you get your PSA that your GP does know that and they double the score. So If you're on finasteride. If you're on finasteride. So it's not increasing your chance of prostate cancer no. at all, is it? It's just that it might go undiagnosed because yeah. you, if your GP doesn't know that yes. fact. Yes, Yeah. So do you normally in clinic do a routine just a baseline PSA for that patient before you put them on treatment or do you get the GP to do that? Sometimes we do a baseline treatment but we usually ask for them to um, have their GP do it every year. Yeah. Yeah. We remind them every year when they come in because they come in um, for yearly um, visits and have the photographs taken, history, um, follow-ups. So we ask them every time. Do we ask the question of when you start treatment, how soon does your hair start growing back? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go yeah, for it. Yeah, so um, once you start using the treatment, you'll see early results at three to four months. Most of the results are evident by eight to 12 months, but can take up to three years for the full results. Oh, wow. Okay. And what about 
then with patient compliance, do you find that an issue, like people remembering to do it? Yes. So um, if you if you look at people that go to a pharmacy and get minoxidil over the counter, I would say the vast majority of them, after after um, several months, they just lose interest. But with um, our clinics, Ashley and Martin, they are seen by um, us. They have their photographs taken, and then they have regular appointments in the first year. But after that, every year they come back and have photographs taken. So we ask them, have you been taking the medication? We take photographs. We see the improvements. So basically we're just monitoring them and uh, encouraging them to use the treatment. Yeah. So it is good to come in for these yearly treatments, uh, yearly uh, in, um, interviews and um uh, consultations so we can monitor their progress. Mm. And also, I mean, it's a bit crappy, isn't it? So imagine you meet some guy because he's decided that he's losing his hair, so he's going to do all of this, does it all so he can find himself a wife, and then he gets a bit complacent a couple of years down the track and he stops using it and suddenly he's bald. You, you, you've got to encourage these guys to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it's amazing. We've had some clients, I've had some clients for more than 25 years. They come back every year. Amazing. And then you get some people that do it for two or three years. Um, but um, you just some people are different to others. Mm. Yeah. It, it just depends on what's important to them. Yeah. So and if you're taking finasteride, you're not going to suddenly grow hair in other spots, are you? No. No. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So you've gone and had all your laser downstairs yeah. and then suddenly you're trying to grow your hair on your head and then it all comes everywhere. Yeah, that's a very no, good question. No. Even if you take it orally, you don't get extra hair anywhere else? No. no. Why? I wonder why that is. Is it just specific to your head? Well, the hair on the top of your head is genetically encoded differently to other hairs on your head. Ah. So there's DHT receptors in the in the, in the the head's in the frontal and the um, crown area. So they're the ones that um, are susceptible to um, male pattern baldness. And finasteride was originally invented for blood pressure lowering. Is that right? No, what was no, it? No, minoxidil was. Oh, minoxidil. minoxidil was. Um, oral minoxidil was first uh, used for high blood pressure in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then they found um, when they were treating these people with oral f- um, minoxidil that they're. Um, that they were getting quite hairy. They were getting hairs on their arms and the face and etc. So then they thought, oh, it was not very good for lowering blood pressure. Uh, we'll use it for hair loss. Okay. And finasteride, oral finasteride, was do, um, first developed for um, prostatic enlargement, mm. benign prostatic enlargement. Ah, which explains then why it reduces your PSA when you... Yeah. So if you're taking oral finasteride, then it might be a little bit easier to wee if your pipes are getting a bit squished with a too large yes. prostate. So five milligram finasteride is the treatment for benign prostatic hypertrophy, but the one milligram is the treatment for um, hair loss. Okay. So all these guys have better flows and good hair. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like it just <laughs> it's brilliant. I'm totally reshaping my 1% <laughs> yeah. worry. <laughs> so then... What was I just? I had something on the tip of my tongue then about that oh, oral minoxidil. So we don't people most people don't prescribe that, and I know you definitely don't prescribe that because we've talked about it. What's the reason that oral minoxidil is not a good option for hair growth? So oral um, minoxidil can have a lot of side effects. That can lead to swelling of the hands and feet and the face. It can lead to excessive um, body hair over your face and your limbs. It can lead to dizziness. It's got a whole heap of 
um, quite bad side effects. So we, we don't use um, oral minoxidil. We only use it topically. Okay, because I'm just like picturing a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got any other questions? I do. So is there any other exciting advancements in hair treatment or do you think this is what we're doing now is the best? At the present moment, what we're doing is the best. Um, the minoxidil, finasteride and the laser, um, there's nothing else that has been proven to help with hair loss and and that's um, the best that's available. So I have got a question that gives me a question now. PRP, you know, yeah. they. it seems like everybody wants to inject PRP into everywhere, which is plasma. Um, PRP, you will have heard about it. People listening, they pla- um, inject it into everywhere now. Platelet-rich plasma? Yeah. Plasma, yeah. yeah yes, right. platelet-rich plasma, that's yeah. it. Um, I've read about that and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of evidence behind that. Is that what's happening with that? So with hair loss, you'll find that every few years there's some new treatment. Um, so most of the clinical studies on this are based on like 20 or 30 um, um, subjects or, mm. or men. Uh, when you're trying to prove if something works or not, you need to do it on thousands of people, um, not these little studies. So there's no firm evidence that it does work. And what evidence there is, is on very small uh, tiny studies mm, that are not is, clinically significant. Mm, yeah, which is exactly the same with the erectile dysfunction with yeah. PRP and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't got anything too more exciting on my list. I haven't you? So is there yeah. anything we haven't asked you, Mario, that you think men would want to know? I think you've asked everything. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So as a closing, I just wanted to say to anybody listening, please, please, please do not sign up for one of these dodgy things online mm-hmm. where you just answer a questionnaire and someone sends you drugs in the mail because, as you've heard Mario talking about today, there can be side effects, there can be other reasons for hair loss and I think having somebody who actually is trained in this actually look at your head and give you a proper assessment is really important. So I've learnt a lot. I hope you all have too. And thank you very much, Kendall, for coming and asking all these questions with me. And thank you very much, Mario, for coming in. And um, if anyone would like to find out more about Mario and his clinics, then all the links will be in the show notes. So thanks very much. Thank you. Great. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As a thank you for being a part of our podcast community, I have an exclusive subscriber offer for you. If you would like assistance with your sexual health and you'd like to work with me, then please head over to www.melissahadleybarrett.com forward slash programs and use the code TPP5 at the checkout. Here you will find everything you need to know to be on the path to penile perfection. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Penis Project. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you could leave a review and subscribe for regular updates. Your support plays a big role in spreading awareness and helping more men to access this information. The more followers we have, the more podcast platforms that recommend our show to others. This might be just the place where your friend, brother, neighbour with lingering questions finally discovers the answers. Stay connected with me on social media and join the Melissa Hadley Barrett email list for news about upcoming podcast episodes, blogs and lots more. If you have a personal story that you'd like to share or you're a health professional working in this field, I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or a listener with specific topics you'd like us to cover, please send me an email at admin at melissahadleybarrett.com. 
Thanks again for being a part of the Penis Project podcast community. And until next time, take care.